It's time for Town Talk, our monthly review of accomplishments, issues, and celebrations involving the town of Wyndham, brought to you at this time on the first Tuesday of every month by Prime Materials Recovery with facilities on Ash Street and Milk Street in Willimantic. Prime Materials Recovery assists manufacturers and utilities to maximize their resources through scrap recoveries. We welcome the town manager, Jim Rivers, a timely appearance by Jim today. Jim, are you uh, waiting in line at Rec Park right now? Uh, pretty soon, Wayne. Uh, you know, good morning. Thanks for having me today. Uh, yeah, we've got uh, a yet another event at the uh, Recreation Park for the uh, pandemic uh, every day now, except for Tuesdays. Normally, we would have uh, uh, testing there, but today we're going to hand out some rapid test kits, the ones that you've been hearing about from the governor uh, for the last week or so, and we have uh, a supply of kits, not too many. I don't want to get people's expectations up too high. We will probably run out of kits fairly fairly soon, but like you said, there should be people will start lining up, but we're not starting to hand these test kits out until 10 o'clock. We're not going to hand them out, even if you're waiting there, uh, until it's time because we won't have everybody in place and all the equipment and barriers and the test kits and masks that we're going to hand out. So if you go early... You may sit there for some time, um, and uh, again, we have a limited supply of, of these test kits. And as one who has done the Rec Park State semaphore testing, I've been in those long lines. In fact, uh, I think it was nine, eight days ago, I waited 85 minutes to get a test. So people are aware of the lineup procedure, and last week when I went, that thing stretched all the way out past the gas station down Main Street toward the mills. Is the lineup, is the distribution and the lineup for these test kits and the masks similar to what we do if you want to get tested on other days? Yeah, yeah, the line is going to be similar. So if you've been down there before, it's going to stretch down towards the mill. So it's going to go around. We're going to get as many cars as we can in the recreation park, and then it's going to snake down towards the mills. If you come in from the other direction, you're going to be told to get in line on the uh, the other side going towards Main Street. Uh, that's the direction that we're moving the line. So, uh, again, try to come in from that way if you can. If you don't need to be in that area between, say, 9 and 12, Stay away from that area because you're going to get jammed up. The intersection sometimes gets backed up. Please don't block the gas station or other businesses if you're in line. Uh, be courteous to them. Uh, we're going to try to move people along as fast as we can. This should should be very quick. Uh, we're going to check uh, identification at the gate. Make sure you verify you from Wyndham. And then as you go through Wyndham uh, or through the rec park, we're going to throw those uh, test kits into your car with a, with a package of masks, surgical masks that we have in stock. And, and you're going to be on your way. So it's going to take not long once we get the line moving, but if people are, are there early, they're just going to sit there and wait. So you might, want to, you might want to hold off before you get in line. You know, that's a really good idea. I like that theory of checking the IDs at the gate. Don't wait until you get to the actual distribution point. So then you can do that, get the people in the line, and then that just expedites things when they get to the actual pickup spot. As they've started doing in the last couple of weeks for the testing at Rec Park, they went from one line, which they had before Thanksgiving, to two lines. Is that the plan for today? Yeah, we're going to be double stacking people inside Recreation Park. We can we can fit 150 to 200 cars in Rec Park uh, itself if we stack them tight. And that's the other thing. If you're there, keep close to your uh, your neighbor in the in the line because that gives us the ability to bring more cars off the street. Uh, one point I want to make, Wayne, that's very important. 
These are rapid test kits. Their accuracy is questionable. They're not 100%. Uh, they're intended and in being sent out to the public to try to keep people at work, especially uh, people that are providing critical services or food, uh, essential workers, as they say. It isn't for you to sit at home. If you don't, if you don't leave the house much, if you don't go to work, uh, if, if you're somebody that uh, maybe has been triple-vaxxed, uh, these, are, these are for kits for people that we need to keep the food flowing, the restaurants going, people back at work. So they need this test kit to tell them whether they have COVID or not so they can safely return to work and know the answer. I, a lot of folks are asking for these test kits, and, and I, they're not ill. They don't feel ill. They don't have to go to work, uh, and they're not going to use them. We really want to deploy the few test kits we have in the hands of people that will try to keep this thing from uh, really crippling us as a society. Uh, it, we don't have enough to give everybody right now, and as time goes on, we will. We'll get more supplies from the government. There will be more supplies in the store but right now, you should be, you should be uh, thoughtful of your neighbor or thoughtful of, of uh, other people. Uh, there, there's just not enough to go around. And to hoard them right now doesn't make a lot of sense to help us move forward with this pandemic. No, that's a great point. Use these kits if you've either, A, got symptoms, or B, been exposed to someone who either has symptoms or has tested positive. But if you don't have any reason to use it, keep those on the shelf for, because you might need it for down the road. Uh, why is it 10 to 1 today? There's been a little backlash from people who say, geez, I got a job. I can't get down there 10 to 1. What do I do? Uh, again, we're going to be giving out test kits that I'll say we have, we have one test per, uh, per, citizen, per 10 citizens in Wyndham. So we, just, if we, we felt that if we opened this up later in the day, we'd have even more people there, and the line would just, you know, we'd, we'd run out even sooner. So we didn't think that would really help a lot of people that were that work during the day, and then some people do work at night. So, uh, again, who, where, do you, where do you pick the, uh, the time? We, we had some discussion about that. We also have probably going to have 30 people out there today to try to manage this. It was easier to get the folks, you know, staff, uh, police officers, to, to help manage this during the day. And also it's daylight, so it's safer and it's easier to hand these out. So that's the reason why we went during the day. Uh, we do expect we're going to run out fairly quickly. And, again, uh, if, if you're grabbing test kits, hey, uh, if, you know, give one to your neighbor that you know is working during the day. You can share these test kits and deploy them as soon as possible and use them, like you said, for the reasons that you need to use them. Uh, don't hoard them. Use them, but use them wisely. So if you can, you know, pick up your allocation today and then, you know, give it to somebody else, that's fine. Make sure they use them and use them quickly for the, for the right purposes. And I think that I can say this. I've got a little personal experience with this, too, that I've been in the line at Rec Park for the testing, and I've also seen the lines. I saw the one in Mansfield yesterday on Clover Mill Road. That was crazy, uh, 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock, whatever. But uh, one thing about it is that people who have seen the long lines for the testing at Rec and how slowly they move – this should move faster because the cars aren't getting to the destination point and then they stop and there's little paperwork and they got to put the sticker on the vial and they got to swab your nose. This is like a hit and run. You get your, t- your kit and your car barely even stops and you keep on going. So the point is that once this thing begins at 10, the line is going to move faster than it does for the testing. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we encourage people have that uh, that residential uh, verification ready in hand when you get to the the front of the uh, rec park, the gate, because it, we, the sooner you hand it to us and show us something that you live in Wyndham, the sooner you're going to get in the queue line, which will take you over to where on the other side of the ballpark 
uh, ball field where you're going to get your test kit and your uh, uh, and your mask. Now, remember, a test kit has two tests in it. So if we hand you one, that doesn't mean you know, there's only one in there. There's two tests in a test kit. Do these test kits and masks cost the town of Wyndham residents anything? By that I mean, what did you as a town manager have to pay to get these? Is it all state? Is it federal money? It's, well, it's all state. What we're getting today is an allocation, or passing out today, is an allocation from the state of Connecticut. They, they made that purchase, whether they got reimbursed from the federal government, I don't know. The masks that we're handing out were also something the state of Connecticut distributed to us. We have made some purchases, but we also had funds for that early on in the pandemic. So most everything you get from us was paid for by the state or federal government. All right, and then let's look at the big picture here because the numbers are just horrific. Wyndham in the last seven days has gone up 205 cases. Wyndham went up by my count 59 since Thursday. They just, it's been really, really increasing quickly. This is not the numbers we saw before Thanksgiving. Uh, no, it is exponential at this point. And again, the Omicron is very contagious. Uh, you know, it's not just Omicron. It's, it's also, I mean, people are, are just being more lax. And if you think about last year, this time, we were locked down. People weren't even leaving the house. Um, there were a lot of things that were closed, a lot of workplaces that were, not, were on a, a hiatus just to try to be safe. People, almost everybody was wearing a mask last year, and, and even with a mask mandate, a local mask mandate, we don't have a state mandate. Um, it's just more lax, so throw that in with a more contagious version. Uh, and then still quite a few people not vaccinated. You do get some protect, protection, especially if you've had the booster from getting this at all. But this, like they said, only about 20% of the country is fully vaccinated with a booster. So that leaves a whole lot of people that have been vaccinated, uh, you know, like almost a year ago now, or not vaccinated at all, which, again, helps continue the spread of this in a rapid fashion. So, again, it's, it's like the worst-case scenario. We kind of saw this coming. Honestly, I didn't think it was going to be this bad. But it's winter every year, flu, viruses, colds. This is when they spread. And they, they kind of peak out in the middle of January, and then they start coming down. Uh, unfortunately, fatalities, deaths, hospitalizations won't peak out probably to two or three weeks after that. We expect early February when we see uh, the worst case uh, uh, numbers for deaths and, uh, and hospitalizations. And you use that phrase, fully vaccinated. This is a little bugaboo of mine that I can't get a straight answer from anybody out of this. But what does fully vaccinated mean? To me, these people that got one shot and didn't get another one, that was almost a year ago now, and there probably isn't much left of that. That person is not fully vaccinated. To me, it means triple vaxxed. What does it mean to you? Absolutely, Wayne. You're, you're right on. I mean, it does it wears out over time. It's like anything. You get a tetanus shot, you got to get a booster every so many years. And this is the same thing with this virus. You've got to get the booster shot, and you're pretty well protected from getting it at all. I think they said you're 75% uh, won't get the, the, the Omicron at all if you've been boosted. Um, and then it, it wanes from there. So if you were, had two shots and it was a year ago since your second shot, or almost a year ago, uh, you know, you're, you're, it's less effective. You have higher risk. It's all about risk. Does a mask, uh, you know, guarantee you're not going to get uh, the virus? Of course not. But it, it reduces risk. Staying away from people reduces risk. And, of course, getting, you know, triple vaxxed or fully vaccinated with the booster is going to help you and help this thing from spreading. 
Jim, the town recently got nearly $3 million in state aid for a new municipal emergency radio system that will be used by local police and firefighters. Tell me what a big deal that is. Yeah, the uh, the uh, Dispatch Center, which, again, is a, a volunteer organization. Uh, the, the, the employees are not volunteers, but the, the board is, and they, again, have have been on the job here for decades, and some of the equipment is decades old. Uh, you know, it's, it's expensive. Uh, you know, new equipment is costly, and uh, they worked really hard and, and got this grant from the state of Connecticut. The governor stepped up and his team uh, to, to give these folks, uh, I think of Joe Marsalisi, who's been there for, I think, his whole life or as long as they had radios. Uh, and he, uh, it's actually as long as they've had radio. Radio, and, and he was there when Marconi, Marconi showed up. Yeah, he he uh, he's been pushing hard and trying hard for a very long time, and I know he's he's come to me since I've been here, uh, looking for money. And uh, again, the, the governor's team stepped up with a special uh, a special thing here, and they put it through the bonding commission uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, you know, it's good for us. It's good for the town of Wyndham. Uh, we're, you know, we obviously most of the calls that go through the dispatch center today are are for the town of Wyndham, the ambulance, the fire departments, and of course uh, some of the neighboring towns. Um, but you know, we're hopeful that uh, with this, these funds, that we'll be able to expand the region. At one time, uh, the dispatch center had more towns, and again, uh, you got to keep up with things. And, and this is a way to show these other towns, hey, come on back. We've got the best in the state of the art equipment that's out there. And uh, so that's that's the hope. But again, they're doing a great job over there. Uh, that's not part of the town. It's actually a separate separate entity. But again, we, we're very supportive in there. Uh, you know, they provide us with great service, and we're, we're glad they got the money. And before Christmas, town passed all the American Rescue Plan projects, including five hundred thousand dollars for the Whitewater Park. So first off, talk about the Whitewater Park improvements, where that money is going to be used for, and then secondly, the other projects that will benefit Wyndham. Uh, well, you got that mixed up a little bit, Wayne. I, I don't want to say you made a mistake because that, that doesn't happen. But Well, it took me four days of the new year to do it. So clarify what I just said. Well, uh, 500000 is going to the Whitewater Park, but it's coming from, again, that same bonding commission package from a few weeks ago where we got the dispatch money. Um, 500000 though, maybe is what you meant by uh, water is for our, our splash park. So we have a splash park uh, over at the... Uh, uh, the water park, and uh, it's it's fairly small, and it gets used an awful lot. So we have a half a million dollars, the five hundred thousand, to expand uh, that splash pad, splash park, and, and make it more uh, you know more capacity, newer things. Again, the splash pad park is it's almost twenty years old now. Things break. Uh, there's better equipment out there, so that's what that five hundred thousand. I think you might be referring to is. All right, and so what else was passed with the ARPA projects? So a, a lot of things. You know, we tried to put a package together uh, that was comprehensive and that would would address a lot of the concerns we heard from the survey and, you know, in the summer and from feedback we received at a number of council meetings. Uh, and, and staff has been getting feedback as well right along. Um, so there's a million dollars in there for economic development to help small businesses uh, recover uh, from this this horrible uh, pandemic for the last couple of years. They've been hurt the most on a uh, you know from a percentage basis, perhaps, but they didn't always get the the aid that they needed. 
from the government because you got to fill out all the forms. You got to be eligible. It's, it was it was employee based assistance. A lot of the assistance that was out there. So this isn't necessarily employee based. Uh, Economic Development Commission will be a couple of those members and staff will be managing the applications, which will be coming out soon. And uh, you can apply for that up to twenty thousand dollars in aid per business. Keep in mind a million dollars. That's only about 50 businesses. So there will be some competitive nature to this, I think. Um, if not that many applicants apply, then we'll you know, maybe we'll be able to deal out more to each business. But that's where we're starting. There's a lot of recreation park-type projects in there for the recreation park, the Setucket Park, uh, Lauder Park, uh, to try to bolster up our facilities there, lighting, uh, a lot of lighting, a lot of replacement of old lighting that will be cost avoidance. And, again, we tried to put things into the package that, not only would rescue us and help us get through this pandemic, but would also be cost avoidance for the town. We have some ambulances in there, some police cars, some equipment for the volunteer fire departments. These things will need to be purchased at some point anyway. But if we can get it now, it will help you know uh, curb the effect of this pandemic on us. It will help rescue us, as, the, as, it's, as it's called. And also, in the future, it will help avoid taxation for the town. So that's, those are kind of the criteria that we use when we put together the list. We didn't really go to outside agencies. I know a lot of outside agencies, if you're listening now, you made requests. I probably had $30 million in requests, and we only had $7 million. So we kept it to things that were specifically on town property or town projects. And to save face, although I think it's too late for that, uh, it says here, thanks to the State Bond Commission, the Willimantic Whitewater Partnership got a significant funding boost to the tune of $500,000, approved as it represents a positive step of the continued development of the Willimantic Whitewater Park off Bridge Street. So what did I say wrong? Isn't that what I said? I thought you said it was part of the ARPA package. That's not the ARPA package. Ah, see that? River strikes again. He's right. Hey, but, but I just wanted to clarify that the part that Whitewater did get five hundred thousand dollars. That's correct. Yes, they did. You know, I was tooling down Jackson Street yesterday, Jackson and Ash Street, and there's like fourteen traffic signals at that intersection, and half of them for the last month have been covered by a hefty bag. And I'm kind of curious what's going on. I assume that somebody, probably the state, because it's a Jackson Street is a state highway there. Uh, there, there must be replacing the lights, but it's like get it done already. Well, I, I don't want to pick on the state of Connecticut, but again, it's a big ship. It's hard to move, and I think they, they come in packages. These uh, repairs to signal lights or signs or whatever. So they're, they're doing a lot of signal work uh, in the last few years, and again, it does take some time. And it's got to all be done before you can turn one of them on. They probably all have to be turned on simultaneously. So it's uh, uh, it'll get there, Wayne. It, it is the state. It's not the town. We don't do signal lights, but I'm sure they're going to get it done and. They want it to work. If you turn those those puppies on, they got to all work or we're in trouble. So I think they want to make sure they get it right. It's just funny because it's been there forever, and it's like, just uh, finish the deal here. All right, so, yeah, it's not your, your bailiwick. You've got plenty of other bailiwicks, including keeping an eye on what's going on with downtown development. And every month on this program, we give an update on the development by Mr. Kelly. Slow but steady progress. Yeah, uh, Mr. Kelly, you know, I, I keep my hawk eye on that uh, Foster building every day, just like everyone else does. And, uh, you know, this four or five cars over there every day, I've noticed in, in you know, since probably the last two or three months. And they've, uh, I think they've completed the, I haven't been in there myself, but I think they've completed the elevator shaft, which is a pretty big job. Uh, they had to shore up the building, and then they had to uh, put that in 
afterwards, but they're moving the elevator shaft inside the middle of the building, which is uh, a big task. So uh, once they do that, uh, the, you know, then they can demolish the old elevator shaft on the uh, uh, on the other side of the building, outside of the building. Uh, but they they continue to make progress. They continue to contact and and stay in touch with uh, various departments of the town. Uh, so you know he's he's still still going and and moving this project forward. I wish we had taken the hooker down by now, uh, but again, uh, his against his demolition uh, team has not done everything they have to do for the state of Connecticut, so they can do that. That's the last I've heard. Yeah, in fact, I went by yesterday. There was a couple of guys on one of those uh, scissor truck things, and they were this orange scissor truck thing, and they were working on the second floor doing something or other. So work is going on slowly at what you call the Foster Building, and some of the older people <coughs> may call the uh, the old Willie Trust Building as well. And how's that Popeyes Building out on West Main Street coming along? Well, I'm I'm told that in February they're going to be open. That's that's what we're hearing in uh, inside. They're moving really quickly. Uh, again, they have a a very seasoned team over there. They they build a lot of these things, so they can go up very quickly. It's kind of cookie cutter, uh, but yeah, we should see them open in February. That's what we're hearing. So again, good good uh, taking down the old building that was there, uh, putting up something new. That's that's what we're trying to do across town. It takes time. Uh, we're not going to be able to turn it around in one in one year. Here, this has been a, a long process over the last few years, but much much more is, is to come. And uh, yesterday, before I got to the Jackson and Ash intersection, which I think ties a world record for the most traffic lights at one intersection anywhere, uh, I drove by the Shabu stage, and I drove by Jilson Square. And out there in the middle of the lawn, there's a bunch of wooden pallets. Tell me about that, Jim. I know what it is, but I want you to fill in the blanks. I wish I knew what it was, Wayne. I, that... Wait a minute, it's the bonfire. Well, it was left over from a scheduled bonfire that uh, we had before. I don't know that we have anything scheduled. Do you know something I don't know? Yeah, I don't have the date in front of me here, but I think it is uh, Saturday after dark. They do the bonfire. They got rained out last weekend. I didn't mean to hang out to dry on that one, but then again, you hung me out to dry earlier, so now we're even. That's how that works out. Tell me about the ATV ordinance. That takes place in 16 days. Yeah, we uh, you know been working on this for a number of months. Uh, the the ATV uh, dirt bike illegal dirt bike ordinance was passed in December. Um, that was by popular demand. Everybody's tired of hearing these uh, illegal vehicles go up and down our streets and make a lot of noise and become dangerous uh, to pedestrians and, and motorists. Uh, we uh, we passed something with a little more teeth. There's already laws in place to keep people from driving on the road illegally. The state law has uh, provisions to uh, to arrest people, take their stuff, whatever. This is just more teeth. The fines are going to go right up to $1,000, the first offense. Uh, we're really serious. We don't have time to be messing around with folks. And uh, this is just giving us a lot more teeth. It also provides uh, some teeth at the filling station. So if somebody's pulling up with their ATV or illegal dirt bike, uh, they're not supposed to get filled up by the, the gas station. So they're going to have to post signs and not uh, serve those folks. So we'll see how that goes. Again, enforcement is a key to all of these rules. If you, you pass all the rules you want, if you don't have the enough enforcement folks, uh, they don't matter as much. But, again, with this much teeth, uh, you, you know, you're going to lose your toy. You're going to lose your you know money. You're going to have uh, quite a fine. So that was the whole intent of this uh, ordinance. And I just checked the fire chief's Facebook page. He says the bonfire on Jilson postponed till Saturday because of the New Year's Day rain that we had. 
And I'll tell you what, that uh, community center, senior center across the street there near Jilson Square gets closer and closer. Just a few little uh, T's to cross and I's to dot right now. Yeah, I mean, the construction team is com- is pretty much completely out of there. We're just going through in, uh, as you can imagine, there's always the details at the end. Something's not fitting right or working right or looking right. And uh, last thing was the uh, uh, the panic bars for all the doors going out were not the right height. So they're working on a solution to that, moving them or replacing them. Uh, but, we're you know, we're just about ready to move in. When we move in, that doesn't mean we're open. We're going to move all the employees from the social services and senior center that that we have now and the folks that were in the Kramer building, the recreation team, into the building, and they're going to get settled. So we got to get the computers and the phones working right. we got to make sure the pool's all working right. Um, and then once that happens, we'll set up a, a grand opening. Uh, good timing uh, on all of this is because we probably shouldn't have a grand opening right now with, with Omicron going crazy as it is. So I, I think this is this is really good for us that we can continue to uh, prepare for a grand opening, and then when uh, you know things get more favorable for us with the the virus, uh, we'll be in we're in a good position to open the doors and let everybody in. It's beautiful. Uh, people are going to be shocked to see how nice it is in there, and it's it's just really it's got everything everybody needs in there. It, it really they they made sure that they had something in there for everybody. Uh, we're a community. We, we built this in a place that was going to be accessible right in the center of town for everybody, and that's the way it was designed, too. It's something in it for everybody. I can see it now, a virtual ribbon cutting. So we got the big lines today and getting ready for the test kits and also the mask giveaway, 10 to 1 at Recreation Park. A listener says, seems to me it makes more sense to pass out the kits at hospitals and restaurants so they can give them directly to the people that you're talking about. I realize now it's too late for that kind of a change, but what are your thoughts on the distribution point, the public spot at Rec Park or hospitals and restaurants? You know, we, we had a lot of good ideas. We do have, you know, we don't have enough kits for everybody, to, but for, to go uh, and really scrutinize who gets the tests and sit people down and, uh, you know, take orders or uh, it, it just, we want to deploy these tests as quickly as possible. It's not perfect. Maybe it's not the best way we could have done it, but we the idea is to get the test kits that we have right now, hopefully there'll be more coming, into somebody's hands. And they hopefully they could do some distribution themselves. Like I said, come get some kits. If you don't need them all, I don't need them right away. Give them to somebody else, a family member, a friend, a neighbor that needs them, so they can get back to work or keep things keep the wheels turning here. Again, this is how we could get the deploy these test kits as fast as possible. We have held some back for emergency responders, for some of the uh, long term care facilities, uh, some of the schools. Again, as needed, we're not just going to hand them out and sit them on the shelf. If they have a, a surge in a particular place or don't have any access to testing, they can come call the emergency management director or myself, and we can try to get them a test. But really, we're trying to get them as many hands as we can as quickly as we can. It's it's not perfect, but this is the way we're going to do it for now. Yeah, that's very smart. Uh, so lastly, a uh, big day today with that event at Rec Park. Where will you, the town manager, where will the mayor, Tom DeVivo, be between 10 and 1? If I go down there and get in line and then I pass the, you know, the ID thing and that stuff, when I get to the spot, will it be Jim Rivers actually throwing the kit and the mask in the window of my car? Uh, you're going to see me. Probably the first person you see when you come through that gate is going to be me in my bright, my bright safety yellow jacket. So uh, make sure you got your ID or your verification in the car. It can be registration, license, uh, light bill, whatever. 
and then we're going to get you processed. And you also see, may see a, a council member to uh, the mayor is uh, is out of town right now, but uh, the chairman of the council, Don Niles, might be there as well. But you know, we've got a lot of people on the ground there to help out and make this make this work as smoothly as possible. Will you sign autographs too? Too cold, Wayne. Too cold for all of that. Yeah, good point. Hey, Jim, great stuff as usual. Very timely today. Jim Rivers, our Wyndham Town Manager with Town Talk, brought to you by Prime Materials Recovery with facilities on Milk Street and Ash Street in Willimantic, headquartered in East Hartford. PMR operates state-of-the-art processing facilities in Canastota, New York, Orangeburg, South Carolina, and Romantic, Willimantic. Learn more at pmrinc.com. 14 WILI, Willimantic at 95.3 FM.